Welcome to the Perfectly Preserved Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Gomes. And I'm Anna Cash. Here, we come together to bring you a podcast all about preserving food safely, easily, and dare I say perfectly at home. We are master food preservers, moms, wives, and we love talking about canning. We've decided the world needs a podcast that shares up-to-date, modern, safe information about canning, dehydrating, freezing, freeze-drying, and more. We answer listener questions, teach beginner and intermediate techniques, and share our very best tips for preserving successfully. We'll show you how to find trusted recipes, sources, and more so you never have to second-guess your preserving practices again. Ready to can like a master preserver? Let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Perfectly Preserved Podcast. We're so glad you're here. If you are enjoying our episodes, please remember to subscribe, download, give us a review. We love your comments and reviews. So thank you so much for joining. Today, we're going to be talking about commonly asked questions with fruits, vegetables, and meats in your canning recipes. I'm excited for this topic. What about you, Jenny? Oh, I am. Sometimes you just are canning along and you get to some strange situation. You think, I wonder, do I really have to, do I really have to do this? Or why do I have to do this? And what do I do now? And so hopefully this episode will answer a lot of your burning questions. So the first frequently asked question is, is it safe to can food without salt? So um, some people in our lives that we share our canned items with are abstaining from salt for various reasons. And it is safe to can without salt. Salt is used for flavor only and is not necessary to prevent spoilage. So know that, but also it is a powerful flavor enhancer. I would caution against cutting out all salt in your canning practice. Maybe try it with one jar or just cut back a little bit if you're watching your sodium intake, but it is safe to can without salt. Yeah. And this is just canning that we are talking about. Like obviously there are salts that are used as preservatives for jerky or smoking fish. Like it's a really important preservative for some things, but not in canning. It's just as a flavor agent. Great clarification. Okay. Is it safe to can fruits without sugar? And this is a question I get also a lot is how much sugar can I reduce? Am I allowed to take all of the sugar out? And the answer is yes. Um, Sugar is added to improve flavor help stabilize color and retain the shape of the fruit. It is not added as a preservative. So in your canning book like this one, so easy to preserve, you can see bottled fruit that is bottled with fruit juice without any added sugar. Yeah. So I know that at the beginning of many good canning book recipes, they just have a section of how to can fruit and it gives the recipes for very light syrup all the way to heavy syrup. And it makes pretty clear if you do the reading that sugar is not required for any of it. So that's really good to know, but it does affect the color and the flavor. Our next question is, can fruits and vegetables be canned without heating if aspirin is added? So this was one that really stumped Anna and I. Uh, We, I don't live in a place where I've ever heard of anyone doing that. I kind of suspect it's a like a regional thing, but no, aspirin should not be used in canning. It cannot be relied on to prevent spoilage or to give a satisfactory product. Adequate heat treatment 
be it with a water bath canner, a steam canner, or a pressure canner, is the only safe procedure for canning foods in jars. So you may come across someone who said that they put something else in the jar and that is is the way that it is preserved. And we're here to tell you, no, don't do that. The only safe method for home canning is in a heat process. Perfect. I had never heard of this either. So I'm going to have to do some research after we finish this podcast to see when and how it was used um, and what time period it was used because I'm guessing it was a while ago. Let's hope. (laughs) We are crossing our fingers. Okay. Is it safe to can green beans in a boiling water bath if vinegar is used? The other day on Instagram, somebody tagged me in a video that someone had made where they were cooking green beans, a pretty large amount of green beans in a giant stock pot. They had boiling water in there and they added maybe, maybe a cup of vinegar. Which is not enough. That's not enough. Yes. When you're pickling products for home canning, it's recommended that you use equal parts water and vinegar. And just knowing that and then seeing what she was doing, she said, you know, we've been doing this for years and years. It's a family recipe. And all you do is then pack your jars with boiling water with this little bit of vinegar and green beans and then put the lid on and it will naturally seal which we've talked about in other episodes that this is called an open kettle method where you basically don't process your jars at all. And it is such an unsafe way to can. And not only that, but this is such a low acid food that it's just not recommended at all. So this one just really made me shake my head. That's a very diplomatic way of explaining why that is the worst idea. (laughs) Do not do that ever, listeners. Do not just put a low acid food and some water in a sealed jar and just uh, hope that botulism doesn't grow because what you have created in that situation that you saw on Instagram, Anna, is the perfect way to grow it. That's a botulism garden. Right. The next frequently asked question is, should all vegetables be pre-cooked before canning? So this is a quality answer. For best quality, yes, they should be pre-cooked. However, some vegetables can be packed raw or raw packed or cold into jars before being processed in the pressure canner. Yeah. And I've done raw pack with potatoes and it's been fine. I've also done pre-cooked with corn on the cob before Mm -hmm. I cut it off. What about you, Jenny? Do you pre-cook all of your vegetables? I can't think of a time that I hadn't, but I would say if I'm pressure canning, it is almost not exclusively meat, but it is almost exclusively a meat-based jar I'm doing. So it, I have never just canned potatoes, just just them by themselves. I bet if I had a better garden, I would. <laughs> you but, should. Uh, you know what? Canned potatoes are the bomb. They're are so, they? They're so good. And like I didn't think that they were, but they make my meal prep so much faster. I wish you could see my face. <laughs> I've been missing out. Tell us, since we've taken the slight detour, tell our listeners, should you peel your potatoes before canning them? Oh, yes. Okay. So this is a trend that I've seen recently as well on TikTok and on Instagram and on Pinterest, and it's called dry canning. And it's basically where you don't add any liquid to 
your canned potatoes. And one thing that was also equally disturbing is that they also didn't peel their potatoes. And the girl that was making this video had no idea why you would even need to peel your potatoes. And the reason is because botulism is naturally occurring in the soil. We've talked about this in a previous podcast episode. So the best way to hedge your bets and not get botulism to grow in your jars is to peel your potatoes, even if you scrub them really well. Sorry, there's a lot of nooks and crannies in potatoes. Great clarification. (laughs) I think the the overarching theme here is if you're canning potatoes or any other vegetables, follow a trusted pressure canning recipe. Okay, take it away with the next one, Anna. Okay, what vegetables expand instead of shrink during processing? Corn, peas, and lima beans are starchy and expand during processing. They should also be packed loosely. I've noticed this before when I've canned just plain corn. I noticed that they expand. What about, I know we're talking about vegetables, Jenny, but what about fruits? What fruits have you found to expand in jars? I don't know if I could name one. Just, I think peaches don't necessarily, peach halves don't necessarily expand, but they seem to have a lot more movement than other things. I don't know that I can answer that, Anna. What do you think? I think the only thing I can think of are things with added elements like clear gel, right? In high fillings. Okay. Yeah. That's notorious for expanding. Mm-hmm. That's true. I think pie fillings are really just the big one for me. That's a good answer. What causes corn to turn brown during processing? This happens most often when it's too high a temperature is being used, which causes caramelization of the sugar in the corn. So corn has sugar. And if you're using too high of heat, uh, it can caramelize. And it also can be caused by some minerals in the water used in canning. I haven't seen that where I live, but I'm sure some of our listeners may have experienced that. And I haven't had the experience where my corn caramelizes. So that's an interesting one for me. Have you had that happen before, Jenny? Never, but it makes sense though. Yeah. And now a quick word about our courses. Want to learn more about canning? Check out our video courses. Anna's beginner and advanced canning courses are available at smarthomecanning.com. And Jenny teaches a variety of courses, including the super fast steam canning course at startcanning.com. Use code POD25 to get 25% off those courses today. That's code POD25 to get 25% off today. Okay, so why is canning summer squash or zucchini not recommended? Recommendations for canning summer squashes, including zucchini, that appeared in former editions of So Easy to Preserve have been withdrawn due to uncertainty about the determination of processing times. Squashes are low-acid vegetables and require pressure canning for a known period of time that will destroy the bacteria that cause botulism. Documentation for the previous processing times cannot be found, and reports that are available do not support Mm. the old processes. Slices or cubes of cooked summer squash will get quite soft and packed tightly into the jars. The amount of squash filled into a jar will affect the heating pattern of that jar. It is best to freeze or pickle summer squashes, but they may also be dried. 
So I make a zucchini relish that's in the ball canning bowl and I love it, but I don't really love canned zucchini anyway. So this doesn't really affect me. Well, I think it's really worth mentioning that people seeking a canning recipe for everything probably need a reminder that that isn't the best method of preservation for everything. I think canned squash is mush in the grossest way. I understand like zucchini grows really easily where I live. It's like everybody's leaving zucchini in the staff rooms who will take 10 zucchinis. (laughs) Like it's just so, there's just so much of it during harvest time, but it's not a good method of preservation for zucchini to can it. It's not safe. And even if it were safe, even if you wanted to be a (laughs) hashtag rebel canner, that's so gross. Freeze it or dehydrate it. My sister dehydrates a lot of the things that you might want, you know, the garden bounty, the squashes. Yeah. It's a great way to preserve it is dehydrating. Yeah. And I would recommend if you do that to make sure that you do a pre-treatment for your summer squash. Great you know, with water and a little bit of either citric acid or fruit fresh, maybe a little bit of lemon, just to keep the summer squash flesh kind of whitish. Otherwise it will turn brown and ugly. Great tip. I mean, if you care about what your stuff looks like. (laughs) I I think we should. Okay. So the next question is, can I can my own salsa recipe? We've talked about this in previous episodes, and this is one of those that you don't want to go rogue on. Tomatoes are right in the middle of the pH scale for being safe or unsafe, depending on the pH of that specific tomato. So salsas are usually mixtures of acid and low acid ingredients. They are an example of an acidified food. So you will want to add like a vinegar, a lime juice, lemon juice, citric acid, whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's recommended that for a home canned recipe that you make up, that you either freeze it or eat it fresh. Otherwise, find a tested recipe. Like there's a bunch in this book. Ball has some really great ones. Mm -hmm. Or contact your county extension agent for additional tested recipes for salsa. Great. Salsa is one of the things I think that it's like a a gateway recipe. People want to learn how to can because they want to can salsa. And it's just, it's really important that if you find a recipe that you love, you need to check. Like if you, you know, you're flipping through grandma's recipe book and you find a great recipe that you think this is going to be delicious. It needs to have an acidifying ingredient added to it. And that, like Anna said, would be citric acid or lime or lemon juice or vinegar. And I think it's easiest to add citric acid to grandma's old recipes. It's not changing the rest of the recipe. It's just like a, just a little addition. It's just a little addition. Right. Okay. So we have some meat specific questions for pressure canning. Should the giblets of chicken be canned in the same jar with other chicken meat? And the answer is no. The flavor may permeate the other pieces of chicken in the jar. And I asked about this at the Master Preserver course specifically because I wanted to know why. And she said the result is gross. So it's not a safety issue. She was very clear that the result was not something you would want to eat. And just to be specific, what are giblets in a chicken? I've never canned chicken, but giblets are organ meats. And you should not can them with the rest of the chicken that you're canning. 
can them separately. That makes sense because like, I don't know if you've ever eaten like liver or the heart from a Thanksgiving turkey. My dad always did. And Mm. we would always like try it. And then we'd be like, this is gross. So I can imagine it would permeate the flavor. Yeah. I eat a lot of organ meats, but never from poultry. And I think this is specific to poultry. It is specific to poultry organ meats. Hmm. Okay. Is it safe to can meat and poultry without salt? So like we talked about, like the very first question, yes, salt is used for flavor only and is not necessary for safe processing. Like with vegetables, like Jenny said, it for me, I'd rather open up a jar of ready to eat meat that tastes good with a little bit of salt than something that's devoid of any flavor. Right. I think the addition of salt, it's, I, I would start by maybe just reducing it a little bit to see and see how that tastes before you cut out entirely. Okay. So why is it necessary to remove fat from meat when you're canning it? So this really is a stake in the heart of a bacon lover. (laughs) Canning meats with a ton of fat is really problematic. Any fat that gets on the rim of the canning jar can prevent an airtight seal and excess fat, which would be basically any fat that you can trim or drain. So if it's just a hunk of meat before you cube it and brown it, for example, you would remove any fat that you could trim or slice off with a knife. And if you're pressure canning any ground meat, ground sausages, ground anything to cook it and then drain that fat off, because if you include that excess fat in the jar, it makes it easier for fat to climb up the sides of the jar which is wild to imagine, but really think about how much heat is in a pressure canner. It's boiling like, like crazy inside the jar. And then that will prevent and contaminate the seal. So I, I love animal fat as much as the next girl, but this is why you can't can bacon because it's so high in fat. And that's actually the same reason why you can't can butter. It's the fat that causes, um, causes problems. Do you have anything you want to add to that, Anna? Well, I would just say, yeah, I mean, the same goes for like a bone broth. If I've made a really, really nice fatty bone broth, it's super important to cool that and then put it in your fridge and then scrape that delicious fat off of the top Mm -hmm. before you bottle it. Because if you don't, like Jenny said, that heat and uh, penetration in there at 240, 250 degrees Fahrenheit I mean, just the amount of pressure inside of there will have that fat climbing up and will get underneath your lids and possibly ruin the seal. And and there goes that, I don't remember how long it is, like 55 minute processing time, hour and a half processing time. I can't remember what it was, Mm but uh, it just would ruin all of your hard work. So yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of these questions answer the question, like, can I save time by doing X? And the answer is don't because it'll cost you time. <laughs> I wanted to add one tip about the removing fat on the bone broth because that's a good recipe I didn't think of that is that can have quite a bit of fat. You can take a metal ladle. There's a internet sensation. Her, have you seen this lady? Brunch with Babs, I think her name is. She's an yes. older, classy lady. And did you see how she had a metal ladle filled with ice? And then she skimmed the bottom of that ladle across the top of her broth and it 
pulled off all the fat. What? Of course. She's a genius. We just have 20 more years, probably more than 20. We have a while before (laughs) we're that wise. That's amazing. That's smart. And that also is like, it's fast, right? That's a quick, you can grab a couple ice cubes and just that can be an easy way to pull off more of that fat. And you can take fat in that way and store in a Tupperware container in your fridge and cook a stir fry in it or use it for cooking whatever you want later. You don't have to discard of that animal fat, but it doesn't belong in a canning process. Exactly. All right. Thanks for joining us on this episode. We hope you learned something and we answered some of those questions maybe you had or hadn't thought of. We hope you enjoy this episode and have a great day. Thanks, guys. We'll see you soon. That's our show. We don't want you to miss an episode, so please be sure to subscribe. If you found this episode helpful and informative, please give our show a rating and review. It only takes a few seconds and it really helps our show grow. Follow us on social media at Smart Home Canning and at The Domestic Wildflower. Email your preserving questions to perfectlypreservedpodcast at gmail.com and we will do our best to answer your questions on the show. Thanks so much for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode released every week.